0: Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice, in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hi Bill, welcome back.
1: Yeah, I hope you had a great Christmas holiday.
0: I did, how about you?
1: I did indeed, I'm still in Northern Minnesota experiencing true winter up here, but yeah, I had a great holiday.
0: Yeah, it looks lovely. We also had a really uh, safe, relaxing time, just the two of us. I hope that all of our listeners had a good holiday season as well. Maybe got to safely see some friends and family.
1: Exactly. Yeah, hopefully people had time to enjoy found ways to connect. We had to be creative again, probably more than we expected. If you were traveling, apparently travel was quite the adventure here or misadventure for a lot of people. And now it's kind of that week in between Christmas and New Year's. And Uh it's uh, typically uh, slower for work and time people reflect. And I think now this year, probably more than most, there's a lot for us to reflect on. Probably personally for everybody, but in healthcare too, because there's a lot that we've learned now as we've been dealing with this for going on two years.
0: I was thinking the same thing. This is the time that we start reflecting on what we're going to see in the new year. Of course, we don't have our crystal ball. We can't predict, but we can look back and reflect on really almost two years of the pandemic and what we've learned during that time. You know, we have tools in our toolbox now that we didn't have. I'll say that I've been thinking about just some of the incredible accomplishments that we've made. If you think about the fact that we came up with under pressure, the whole world came together and developed highly effective vaccines, new drugs. You know, when you hear them on the news, we now have drugs that can be used for people to help prevent them from bad outcomes and being hospitalized, new tests, new specimens. We've really learned a lot.
1: It's been a time of great stress, but a time of great innovation Uh and teamwork at the same time, to your point. And I think that we did learn that there is a lot of resilience Uh in the healthcare system. And that includes those who support healthcare through technologies. When you think about the manufacturer of ventilators, for instance, and that is something we didn't even talk about, or the transformation of hospital rooms to have a higher acuity of care. Or the, more, the kind of the managing people at home and home health care. These are all things, maybe not the manufacturer of uh, ventilators, but the home health care mm-hmm. and the different ways to, to manage patients in a hospital and having more flexible facilities and infrastructure to do that are all things that we had seen coming into the pandemic. But our ability to accelerate that in a time of crisis has been really remarkable, I think.
0: I agree. The resiliency and the innovation, we, as you said, were already looking into things like deploying telehealth more broadly, but now look at how broadly it's been deployed successfully working remotely things that we talked about in the past now working remotely is in a lot of people's careers and schedules. Also some of the new things I've seen from the lab standpoint, getting your own tests through the FDA under emergency use authorization. Labs typically hadn't worked closely with the FDA to get their lab developed tests with this special emergency use authorization. A lot of labs did that during the pandemic in the United States. And then looking at new specimens like saliva, not something we typically did for respiratory virus detection, or looking for ways to save on reagents such as pooling specimens. These were things that we all did and learned a lot from in the process. And I think we're going to see a lot of these stick around to varying extents.
1: One of the things that I think is really significant about healthcare, as you said, a lot of these ideas were on the shelf. Uh-huh. pre-COVID, right? And, and COVID really forced us, if you will, and so it, from an optimistic way, could you say provide the opportunity for us to bring these down? Because there's a lot of reasons why in healthcare, the ideas tend to sit on the shelf, so to speak, and, and part of it's because of the regulatory process around this, which you mentioned, there's more flexibility there, more dynamic between labs and regulators on how to do that, and also just societal expectations on healthcare pre-pandemic in particular, but as you and I were training, and particularly me, you know, I went to med school in the late 80s and early 90s, it was a very concrete a sort of stereotype view of how you interacted with the, with the provider, with the physician, you went into the office, those sorts of things. I think coming out of this, two of the things that are really going to change in healthcare are this whole expectation of mobility. I mean, that whole going to your doctor, oftentimes people move to a place specifically because they knew they could get good health care. I think back to when Rochester was ranked as one of the top 10 cities in the country to live in, part of that was because Mayo Clinic is there, a big part of it, and you had good health care. Well, that's going to change as people move around, how they interact with health care, virtual care, having their portability of their health record. So wherever they show up, anyone knows what's going on with that individual. I think these are things that are going to really change. The other thing that I think is really going to change is this whole acceleration of platform, you know, where rather than having a very what we call linear supply chain where something is produced, you go to someone who has it to get it. In this case, healthcare versus platform where you create virtual environments where producers and consumers come together. You know, we had started that direction, of course, with Dr. Frouche's leadership, a big part of 2030, but I really think that's going to accelerate as well. Because that kind of goes hand in hand with this mobility is people wanting, to your point, they have different expectations of how they can get a test, where they can get a test, how the information goes back to them, where they can take that information to get more information or interpretation. These, I think, are things that are going to be really exciting because I think it'll improve access to healthcare. I think it'll be a positive, but also be really challenging because it means that for those of us in healthcare, the conveyor belt and acceleration of change is is just beginning.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot for us to think about and make sure that we're still a part of it as we go forward with all of these things. But I agree, like the platform idea of being able to just go and find what tests are available, and they might be by multiple different healthcare providers. That's something that we've seen pop up, and it's been widely used, especially folks that have been traveling for the holidays, they want to get a test. Some states have systems where they can just go on, you can find out where your local testing system is. I think also Virtual consults, I've actually participated in one of these myself, and I, it never would have crossed my mind to call up a doctor's office and say, oh, is this doctor doing virtual consults? Because I don't want to drive to wherever this person is. That really changes how we could see physicians around the country. You could see a yep. world-famous physician in another state, and you don't necessarily have to go there. You could start off with a virtual consult. I think patients appreciate that convenience, and it's going to improve access to care.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think one area and near, near dear to my heart, because my parents were both psychologists, but is in mental health, because there's a stigma, you know, that some people associate with going yeah. to, the, which is horrible. It should not be that way, but it's just societal. So now we're seeing increased access and in people that live in areas without much psychiatric and psychological support and care. We're seeing those things. I think it's really exciting. I think for us, it really goes back to our, our last conversation or maybe two conversations ago with Dr. Karen talking about all that's happening with the at-home testing. Mm -hmm. And as you were speaking, I think it's an exciting sign for us because the technologies will change and expand, but the core knowledge about how they're used to take care of people is still what's really gonna be needed to be infused in that system. And this will give all of us new opportunities and new ways to do that. New ways to take our knowledge and help make sure that that the things people are getting are safe and accurate and also how to codify that knowledge so it's more accessible to people. So it's going to be a tumultuous time for all of us because it's, sooner or later we'll get through COVID, but then our work will just really still be ramping up. But it's going to be extremely exciting, especially for, for all of us, especially people coming into healthcare now. I think there'll be new new focus on diagnostics, new opportunities in laboratory medicine, digital pathology, all those sorts of things. So I think it's going to be an extremely exciting time.
0: I agree, Bell. I think it's things that people need and it's, it's access to care that people are going to want. They are now getting used to the fact that you can go to your local drugstore and get a point-of-care test like we talked about with Dr. Karen. I think that that is going to continue, and we will hopefully continue to see well-thought-out, well-designed tests that are made available, and we're going to have to continue to think about what role we play in laboratory medicine in helping to guide the use of these tests. I think there'll always be a role for extremely high-quality, high-sensitivity, high-specificity, lab performed tests. But I think it's a given that we're going to see some of these rapid point of care tests that people can perform in their own home as well. And we're going to have to think about how those all play together.
1: Yeah, I think in the ideal state, it actually goes back to that Dr. Will Mayo vision of, I think he called the cosmopolitan system of medicine. The challenge that we have in healthcare today, and even with COVID, as it's accentuated really with COVID, is that the way the healthcare works, generally speaking, is that you wait until you get sick, and then once you're really sick, you go to a doctor and seek care. Now, if we have a lot more information disseminated and in people's hands, the hope is that they'll be you won't, you won't have to wait till you're really sick to, to get intera- a meaningful interaction with a physician or care provider that will help you with your health and wellness and well-being. So you're right. The hospitals, there'll still be surgeries. There'll still be clinical labs. There'll still be all those things. But they'll be part of a system which is designed more and more around the needs of individual people, which is great. I mean, that's of course back to us and Mayo and the needs of the patient come first. And we're not the only healthcare organization that has that mission. Of, we all do, right? It'll be new opportunities for healthcare to really better serve people, and lots for us to talk about. So, yes, and it won't just absolutely. be COVID. I mean, thank God,
0: thank goodness. I know. I'm yeah. I think we're all getting sick of hearing about COVID. We'll keep talking about it and what we need to know, but. Yeah, it's exciting that we have a lot of other things to keep talking about.
1: Indeed. And I look forward to it. And I wish you a very happy new year and joyful and prosperous 2022.
0: You too, Bill. And wishing that to all of our listeners and viewers as well out there. Hope you all stay safe and have a wonderful new year.
1: Absolutely. Everybody stay safe, enjoy, and happy new year.